0: You're watching 10 with Ken, a 10 minute interview series that's never 10 minutes. This week I got to catch up with Mark Hutchison, the former Lieutenant Governor of Nevada, to talk about why he's optimistic about our movement, what he hopes Republicans focus more on and why Nevada is a great place to live.
1: I got some really good stuff for you, Ken, in terms of just like some like hopeful signs and what we did in 2020. There's some really good stuff here. You know, I don't know if you know this. I'm I'm on the board of directors for the Republican State Leadership Committee. Uh, which is all about electing uh, nationwide legislators, state legislators, um, secretaries of state, lieutenant governors, uh, treasurers, and then even ag commissioners. I was chairman when I was lieutenant governor. I was chairman of the Republican Lieutenant Governor Association. And about a year ago, they asked me to join uh, this this broader committee here. And I got some great statistics that will knock your socks off in terms of how well we did uh, with state legislatures across the country.
0: That's excellent. And that's, and and Mark, that, that does, that leads us directly into our our second question. We'll do the family question after that, but you know, a a lot of, a lot of people here in Nevada and and then I'm talking from the base all the way up are just, there's a lot of people that are a little, I don't know, they're, they're reeling. They're, they're sad about losing the presidency and a, a lot of us, you know, listen, president Trump was president Trump, but a lot of us kind of warmed up to him and we were excited about the direction. Of course, the pandemic was, an extremely rough time, uh, for the nation and for Nevada. And, uh, but, but that election was a little rough and now we're us Nevadans are kind of looking into 2022 already, which is terrible. We just had an election. (laughs) What what can we be optimistic about? What, you know, if you were talking to, to some conservatives and people in the movement about what to be excited about and optimistic about for our movement. Yeah.
1: Well, first off, uh, we should be very excited, uh, about how well we did really in 2020. Um, you remember all the uh you know all the pundits said we're going to lose the white house, we're going to get killed in the senate, we're going to lose like eight seats in the senate, we're going to just get wiped out in the house and then um we were going to lose many many state legislatures and as a result the democrats would then control the redistricting process. You remember all that? Oh yeah. Um, and and I uh I'm I'm here to tell you that The Republican message, the conservative message resonated with people all over this country, uh, and um, we can be proud of that. And do we have some adjustments to make? Do we have some some ways in which we can improve? Of course, but let me just give you some perspective. Um, Eric Holder, Barack Obama's former attorney general, made it his mission over the last three years to raise money to flip. um, They they said they were going to flip everything when it came to state legislatures. And the reason they were going to do that was because they would then control the redistricting process. And uh, in this last election cycle, 2020, Eric Holder's uh, major uh, super PAC, as well as a lot of other leftist um, organizations and uh, the Democratic Party, they spent a half a billion dollars—a half a billion dollars—Ken on state legislative races across the country because they were going to flip it all. They were going to—they were going to make a mass move. You, you may even remember that they were talking about flipping Texas. And they were, right. They were going to flip uh, Florida, and here's what happened after the after the after the smoke uh, cleared. Um, we held every single one of our conservative majorities uh, in the legislatures across the country. Uh, we even netted uh, well over a hundred seats. We netted well over a hundred seats, wow. and we actually flipped uh, three of the chambers to red chambers. So now we hold. Um, 62 out of the 99 legislative chambers, 62 out of the 99 legislative chambers are in Republican uh, control. Yeah. And we actually have 23 uh, trifectas where we have the governor's mansion, the Senate, and the House within the states. And we did that all within 2020. We also, look, despite the losses in Georgia, which was, which was heartbreaking, um, we wound up 50-50. And we were supposed to lose a lot more Senate races. Remember, all those, all those Senate seats were gone. Uh, and we were supposed to lose House seats, and as you well know, we made tremendous gains in the House. We recruited. We saw um, the, the the success of more uh, Republican women, um, minorities. We have you know we had Asian Americans, we had Hispanics, we had Black uh, members of the, of of our of our party advanced in ways that we'd never seen before. That's something to be optimistic about and really build on going into 22.
0: Oh, it is that's that's excellent and i i i definitely love hearing about you know the trifectas and stuff like that i mean yeah, those are those yeah. are great states to be in and you know that that's all really great news and definitely the year it was the year of the republican woman i i absolutely agree with you there's some strong people from nancy mace to you know uh, all Mar- maria i think it's maria Alvarez salazar in florida just incredible right. house members incredible uh, elected officials and I'm, I'm really glad to hear that that's great um, let, let's bring that down to Nevada. Um, yeah. So Nevada, you know, you and, and your pack, and t- tell me the name of the pack. Uh, worked for some elections in in 2020. What, what did you What did you do? What did you hear? Were there successes that that what you guys in what you guys did?
1: Yeah, heading into 2020, um, I just thought, uh, you know, what is the best way for me to help support the Republican cause here? And you know, uh, President Trump was running hard in Nevada, and uh, our congressional delegations were, uh, were were up for election, and we had a lot of great races there. Um, And I thought, you know, given my background experience uh, as a state senator and uh, as lieutenant governor, president of the Senate, I really love the state Senate. And that was a that was a body that I really thought we could influence if we were able to raise enough money and we were able to do enough effective messaging uh, of the Republican uh, message and of those state Senate uh, candidates messages. And so we really made an effort and we focused on um, probably three races, primarily with um, with the Supreme Court race as well, and so we we raised money and we focused on Carrie Buck's race in Senate District Five. Um, that was an open seat. We focused on uh, Senate District Six, which is my old state Senate District, uh, which was with uh, April Becker. She was running against Nicole Canazaro, the current uh, Majority Leader. And then we also focused on uh, Heidi Ganser up north and uh, and having Heidi make you know I mean making sure that Heidi had the resources that she needed to win reelection. And so. We raised about two and a half million dollars, and and supported all three of those races, and uh, we were successful with Carrie Buck and with with Heidi Gansert. We came within six hundred votes of unseating the majority leader oh, in Senate District Six. I mean, it was razor close. April Becker did a, a great job. We came up a little bit close, the, a little bit short there, and then we helped out, uh, you know, with Doug Herndon's race in uh, in the Supreme Court. Um, That's right. Uh, campaign and uh, and he came up successful. So we felt really good about our efforts there, and we felt like we made a difference because we went from um, one state senate seat separating us from the supermajority in the state senate, which was Keith Pickard's seat. He won it by 24 votes. To so now we got two seats there. We got a comfortable cushion there, and then we also um, the, the assembly did a great job. They uh, picked up three seats in the assembly. And we're out of the supermajority there
0: you know we were in the middle of the the pandemic we're about to you know the, the two big legislative priorities in in uh in Carson City right now are you know restricting the governor's emergency capability or excuse me emergency powers and then also you know just preventing tax increases and right. that assembly minority or you know keeping us away from that super minority. i just I don't think people understand how big that is for everyday Nevadans, right? I mean, for everyday small businesses. And that's, that's where the wins are really big. Obviously, we want to control Congress. You know, we want to, the Senate and the House. But I feel like those seats are just so important. So that's, that's incredible work.
1: Well, Ken, uh, think about this. And, and, and this is what I think motivated a lot of people to really get behind the pack, really get behind Republican candidates. Um, I think most people want balance in government. I, I, think, one, I think most people want balance in government. And you know we talk about that trifecta. We've got a trifecta in uh, in Nevada, and it's all Democrats. And we were literally 24 votes away from not only a trifecta in 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 Nevada, where the Democrats controlled the governor's uh, mansion, controlled both uh, houses of the legislature. They were they were within 24 votes of controlling super majorities in both houses. Now you got You know you think about you you think through the the stakes in the union. Who who has that kind of a Kind of a dominating influence, um, and really, what I can think of off the top of my head is Hawaii and California. I mean, we were that close to Nevada becoming Hawaii and California in terms of the supermajority status in both houses and holding the governor's mansion. And after twenty twenty, we're a long way from that, and we're much more comfortable.
0: As we head into this legislative session, what what are you telling, or, or what would you want to tell, you know, either the freshman legislators like Kerry going up, or just our Republican representatives? What are you telling them? What, what should they focus on that I think Nevadans want to know right now or want, want them to do? Yeah. Where should we be focusing in, in this session?
1: There's no question. The number one issue on the minds of Nevadans, and this is, this, this, this is, is borne out in all the polling, Ken, uh, and that is jobs in the economy. Number one, it's jobs in the economy, jobs in the economy, jobs in the economy. Republicans ought to be very comfortable in this um, space. Um, we are the party of job creation we're the party of work, uh, we're the party of blue collar uh, workers, we're the party of uh, employment, full employment, uh, and supporting the businesses who can, who can create those kind of jobs. And so I think number one is that the Republicans ought to be pounding away on policies and legislation that will promote uh, economic growth and, uh, and prosperity through, uh, through job creation. And we do that through what we've always done, right? Reasonable regulation, um, reasonable taxes, um, and ensuring that um, we're supporting uh, the job uh, creators and 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 those who hold jobs, employees as well as employers. You know, one of the great things that Donald Trump did was he brought over the blue-collar uh, worker who really didn't have a home any longer in the Democratic Party. One of the things that we ought to be doing up in Carson City is saying, we are the party of work. We are the party of blue-collar workers. We hear you loud and clear. We're not going to be these um, coastal elitists Um, who just, you know, uh, pontificate about, uh, you know, about about what ought to happen in a in a in a world where people don't actually have to get up and go to work in the morning to support their children. that somehow everybody can just stay home, hunker down, you know, in their basement and not have to worry about feeding their children, because that's what that's what the the coastal elites believe. The rest of America has to get up and go to work and feed their family and put them through school. We need to be champions uh, of Americans who work hard every single day and foster and promote policies Uh, that drive that agenda
0: so a lot of people talk about Californians moving to Nevada right I mean we always you know we always are making the joke about these Californians and and most of them are people that are looking for a good job they're sick of paying Los Angeles taxes Um, you know maybe their companies were closed down because of Gavin Newsom in California what to those those are working class people right Yes. What, what do you tell them? You're, you're meeting them at the border. You, know, you meet a family yeah. at the border. They're, they're about to consider moving to Nevada. What What is our value proposition or, excuse me, value add to, to that family coming to California? What should we be say, saying to them as Republicans? Um, First off, you say
1: welcome to the great state of Nevada uh, where, you know, uh, you're still in the United States of America. And now you have left uh, what does no longer appear to be uh, the United States of America. You know, they're essentially kind of coming over as, you know, you know, Economic refugees, you know, I mean, yep. job refugees and people who are looking for better life. You know, they've been beaten down and and they've been just uh, hammered with regulation and taxes. And look, this is the promised land for them in many ways. And we got to say, welcome to Nevada. You, you know, you come make us better and stronger. And uh, and remember that um, the values that we embrace as Republicans, as in conservatives are the values that you're looking for. We're, we, you know, we believe in strong families and a good job. We believe that you ought to keep more in your pocket and you can make your decisions about how to spend your money better than government can. We think that you as parents ought to be making the decision about what uh, kind of education your children have. We believe in school choice and educational opportunities. And we believe that um, the American Green, the American dream is still alive and well uh, in Nevada. And I think if we take that approach, Ken, um, we, we bring them into our tent and we say – there is a place for you in the Republican party and you're needed here. Um, let's help, let's, let's help you make us even stronger than we are. Uh, and we look forward to uh, you becoming part of the Nevada family. Does
0: Nevada still, you know, have that value add for these families? Should they skip us and go to Texas? And how do we make that case for 2022 that, you know, Nevada is still the place to be and and we can, you know, we deserve your, you know, you to come here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, look, uh, this has been a great uh, this this pandemic has been a great um, reflection on 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 policy and how important policy is. You look at you look at what uh, the difference between Florida and California. That's all you have to look at. Right. They, these are policy difference between two governors, a red state governor and a blue state governor. And um, and you've seen what the, what the effects are. You know, um, Florida has for the most part, uh, you know, early on, they shut down like uh, most everybody else did. But then they fairly quickly opened back up to great criticism from the media and people are trying to kill grandma and and everything else. And the governor kept saying, no, we can we can manage this and we can uh, do so in a way that doesn't absolutely crater our economy. California did just the opposite, completely shut everything down to this day. Everything is, for the most part, still shut down in a, in, in a major way. Um, their economy has suffered uh, and people have, uh, have, have suffered under, under that. Under that approach, these are just two different approaches to government and, and what ought to happen here. Nevada ought to be more like Florida, in my view. I think that, I mean, look at the national final rodeo is a perfect example, Ken. Uh, the national final rodeo uh, brings in, last I, I remember, it was like, I think $200 million in uh, economic uh, stimulation in a time in December that typically were pretty slow in Las Vegas. Um, and rather than try to accommodate them, and they wanted to have actually the event here, and they wanted to do it in a way that they could do it with you know, uh, uh, with with proper spacing and with masks and that sort of thing. And our governor said no, and uh, and so they took it they took it to, uh, to Texas, and and they put they 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 put the rodeo in a giant facility. Can't remember which stadium they put them in, but they they, they spread out. They were socially distanced. They did it in a way that. The CDC says you ought to do it. And now the National Final Rodeo said, we think there's a real future in Texas for the National Final Rodeos. It just is infuriating. And you multiply that by 100 different conventions when we could have said, look, we're going to be reasonable and rational. We're going to be opened up as much as we possibly can. And the way to have done that is we're not going to shut down the entire general population. We're going to target our protection on those most vulnerable. We're going to get them. Uh, The fact of the vaccines first, right? Florida right now, if I'm not mistaken, has literally vaccinated every single one of their um, uh, of their uh, elderly care facility residents. Um, First one in the country to do that. We still haven't done that in Nevada. Um, And, you know, we got to be able to be much more targeted in protecting those who are vulnerable. Those, Those are the ones who suffer the death at the greatest rate, we've all heard the statistics on that. You know, if you're over 70, you got about a 5% chance of dying from this virus. If you're under 70, you got about a 1% chance. And if you're under 30, it's it's, 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 it's negligible, right? But rather than be focused and targeted, Nevada followed California's lead, which is shut it all down and, uh, and destroy the economy. And as a result, I mean, at one point, can we had 32% unemployment, the highest in the history of the United States. It's not a, it's, it, it, it was not an effective approach. And I think we've seen uh, the states have done different uh, things and we've seen different results and Nevada should have followed uh, Florida's lead, not California's lead.
0: It, it, it's difficult because I hope that history will bear that out. Cause it, it, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like though that, I always talk about normal people. That's my biggest thing, right? We're all in this political bubble, and yeah. I really try my hardest to think what does a normal, non-political nerd, you know, sort of think of this. I just worry that we've lost people's trust in in free markets. So what you were talking about is is leaving it open, regulating it, at, you yeah. know, you know, focusing on those, you know, protecting those populations. For example, with the coronavirus pandemic is. Focusing on protecting it while keeping things open, while moving forward, and and right. my difficult thing with this is it's it's been right really inconsistent, right? I mean, we've allowed, and I, and I'm I'm glad we allowed the casinos to stay open. We want that, you know, we want people to come here to Vegas, and right. I, obviously, I'm I'm very Vegas centric because I'm here. But the, you know, we we let them go, but we're not letting normal small businesses conduct their business just as much as those big casinos, you know, and. It, that's my difficult part is yeah. government has been inconsistent it it typically helps its friends rather than just the little guy on the ground and i I think most people just want fairness right they want yeah. it to be let me try to do business just as much as you know the big casinos and I, I that's what I hope we can make that case to people uh you know coming up that you know government doesn't always make the right decisions, but people most of the time do for
1: themselves you know
0: i yeah. Yeah. That's to own devices.
1: In. the people know much more than the, than the and the government does. And, uh, you know, we we get these, uh, you know, we get these lectures that we have to let the experts, uh, you know, you know, guide us and, and direct us. You know, that's not that's not democracy. That's not representative government. We don't turn over our lives to quote unquote experts. We turn our lives over to the people in the United States who elect representatives then to go make decisions. And 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 it's just been so disingenuous to see all these governors and these, uh, oh. you know, these politicians um, say, let's follow the science. And then they themselves in their own private lives do just the opposite right because they're the elitists, and it's you know rules for thee and not for me and as a result people have lost a lot of trust in government i agree with you but as republicans we can build back that trust by saying Mm -hmm. we are the party of free markets free um uh free people right free opportunities we're the we're we're the party of work we're the party of the american dream we're not the party of big government and uh and we've seen what big government does versus uh versus more uh more modest government and uh We think that people uh, can drive their lives and make determinative factors for their lives much, much better than government can How about
0: you how, How's your family doing yeah. you know amidst the pandemic? how are you handling it whats what's helping you thrive uh, to get through it
1: Well listen, uh, God's been very, very good to us, and um, our family has uh, has have, have i think most of them have uh, had you know had the coronavirus, uh, but they've recovered uh, and um have done well after that and you know we've been we've been just really richly blessed as a family and the thing that just helps us is we just love um we just love uh being um together and supporting each other as a family uh we're all we're all uh uh, we all you know kind of have common goals i mean we're gonna all go run this uh this red rock marathon my my son is a boston uh marathon qualifier. He's going to come out here and run this, you know, Red Rock marathon. I'm going to do like a 5k and die from it. But uh, <laughs> uh, some of our other family members are going to run a half K or I mean, sorry, a half marathon. And so we just like just enjoy each other and each other's company. We enjoy uh, spending time together and, and working together. And Ken, I, I know you believe this and that's, there's nothing wrong with this within, in, in, the, in in America that can't be fixed by American families. That is where, the genius of America lies, it's where the genius of the world lies, and that is the family. The strength of the family is the strength of the nation, and uh, we're just uh, we're just uh, richly blessed with a strong family and, and wonderful members of our family. So, uh, it's 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 good, God's good to us. That's
0: good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're able to do that, and, and you have a strong family, you're all good folks. Most of the ones I've met, I don't know, I don't know about the parents. <laughs> What uh, last thing, and I, I'm going to ask this to everybody that I sort of sort of visit with is is what are you reading right now? And I mean, obviously, yeah. listen, if it's you know a religious book, that's fine. But what what's what, what's your main focus uh, reading? Well,
1: I happen to have them right here on my on my desk that I'm, that I'm at right now. So I'm going to give you, give you the, the the three books that I'm reading right now. One is I don't know if you watch The Crown or if you're into The Crown at all. Love The Crown. My wife so and good. I love The Crown. So it really has. Um, renewed my interest in English history, hmm. and so I'm believe it or not, I'm reading Winston Churchill's uh, History of the English Speaking People, and so right now I'm on the Birth of Britain, and I just love it. I just love the the history. I'm right now I'm on about the uh, about the ninth century, and so we're we're moving forward. You know, I just didn't realize all the all this the the, the especially the kind of ancient history of uh, of Britain and the British Isles, and it's just it's fascinating to me. So anyway, I'm reading that. And then uh, I'm reading this great book. I don't know if you've heard of this author. His name is Douglas Murray. He's a British uh, journalist and author. And he's, re- he's written this book called The Madness of Crowds. And uh, it's gender, race, and identity. It's all the kind of things that we're, that we're involved in right now. And, and, and his whole thesis is, look, you know what? We're in the middle of this, um, this crazy redefining of, of, a right, of who has a right to speak or who has a right to talk. The First Amendment is under attack. People's views are under attack. We're not talking to, to each other. We're talking past each other. And social media is all, you know, and all, is all the rage and, frankly, all the problem. Anyway, so he really uh, deals, deals with that and tackles that in a way that is really, I think, uh, insightful. And then finally, I'm reading, uh, believe it or not, Dennis Prager uh, has done a commentary on the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And no I'm way. Reading his, uh, I'm reading his, uh, his book. It's called The Rational Bible. It's a commentary on the on, on the Old Testament. I'm in I'm in Genesis right now, and he calls it the rational Bible because it's it's rational. It's it's we believers who have faith and believe in God. It's rational to believe in God and have faith. Sure, certainly, faith is just this 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 intangible belief system that we certainly have, uh, but it also can it be a rationally based approach uh, to religion. I'm really enjoying it.
0: That's excellent. Uh, yeah, we're, we're deep. We are very deep in the crown right now. We're all, all I do is a Margaret Thatcher impression all day. I,
1: you know, <laughs>
0: please Mark. It's, it's, she is such an incredible woman. And, and Winston oh, obviously was yeah. such a good part of the crown. He's, he was has a great season with him or season it was, two, yeah. oh,
1: it's a, you it's, know, it's the best. Good. Yeah. So you're a good fan. Show. You know, it's a good you show. You know what I'm feeling.
0: Yeah, very fun. Very fun show. And it, it's just good, uh, good history. And so my wife it just picked up a Margaret Thatcher book as well. So she's she's looking into her history. So we're right there with you at deep in the crown. So <laughs> uh, well, listen, I, I guess my last parting thing is, you know, what what's your 22 look like? Are we you know, are you running for something? Are you sick of politics and just focusing on on work, family? What's do we know yet? Is it too early to tell?
1: You know, um, I think people are going to have to start making some decisions here before too long. Ken, I mean, you mean you've been in the business long enough to know that if you're running for a significant office, you got to get in and you know start start at least uh, kicking some tires and and maybe even uh, raising some money. Um, and uh, I absolutely love uh, what I'm doing now with the PAC, helping out other Republicans and uh, and trying to elect just good Republicans. And so I will at 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 least do that. Um, and then I, you know, look, I'll be. I'll be uh, looking at maybe a couple races and, 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 and kicking the tires and, and uh, evaluating uh, whether something makes sense or not. But, uh, you know, still early in that process, and uh, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of good people who could run. And, look, if I don't wind up running, I'll, I'll support good Republicans and, and, uh, and, and be cheering for the red team.
0: Mark, we, I, first off, I appreciate you taking some time out of your night to, to talk to me today. And then uh, just thanks for all your service to Nevada. Thanks for your service to the movement. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we appreciate all you do and, and look forward to seeing you keep making our movement strong here in Nevada.
1: Ken, you're one of my favorite people uh, on the planet, <laughs> and I'm happy to talk to you anytime. And uh, listen, best of luck and congratulations with your new uh, endeavor here.
0: Thank you, sir. Uh, we're just trying to get the, uh, the best information out to, to Nevadans and to, to Americans. So happy to well, do it.
1: Anybody, I don't know anybody better to, uh, to, uh, to uh, reflect the conservative movement and uh, the way in which we move the red team forward than, uh, than you, can.